Our guest today is John Fever, who is the president of the now renamed USAO, which we all call it, but uh, just recently has gone through a kind of a rebranding, and now we just call it Science and Arts. So, uh, Dr. Fever, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate uh, uh, the update on a lot of things going on uh, at the university. Well, George, good to be with you, and and the... It, it, the there is some I think public confusion when you first broach the uh, topic of this uh, rebranding. Uh, the 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 school's name, the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, remains the same. Okay, it's just that we have for a long time, as we uh, uh, have uh, uh, a a brand on the cars, for example, our our. Uh, our uh, transportation fleet or or on our documents we've used the acronym USAO and uh, in hiring a, a marketing firm which has uh, produced a major marketing plan for us so which we're now implementing statewide uh, nationwide to, really uh, I at, guess oh nation yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, nationwide and uh, uh, with signage and all kinds of other features to it uh, we're focusing on the the terminology science and arts, and that would replace USAO uh, because the acronym really doesn't describe the the nature of the college and what we do there and how it's structured and organized and what its its mission and purpose. Right, uh, we really know what is. it is yeah. locally, but when you, you go to Tulsa or Dallas or New York, you say USAO. Uh, they say, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So science and arts uh, distinguishes the college, and it also indicates the fact that our curriculum is organized to essentially to, uh, to encourage a continuing academic conversation between the sciences on the one hand and the arts on the other. And uh, in that regard, uh, as a kind of a backdrop uh, bit of information, as we go forward in the post-pandemic era and we're looking at development uh, potential of the country, uh, the sciences and the arts have to be talking with one another. The sciences produce the technology which produces the economic development. But that doesn't necessarily address the question of how we need to be using technology and where we need to be going with that development. And that's the business of the arts, not uh, uh, necessarily the visual and the performing and and the literary arts, but also Mm -hmm. uh, sociology and psychology and history and philosophy and those things, which are a part of the arts as well. So those two, that combination of sciences and arts, we think, is a good one to, to recruit students to. And our recruitment numbers right now are looking awfully good for both the summer and the fall. We like to hear that, especially yeah. in this post-pandemic uh, era. And I'm sure a lot of uh, uh, post-secondary education uh, facilities were concerned about enrollment and with distance learning kind of becoming popular now. So. Yeah, and, and our summer enrollments are about looking at uh, in, in the range of four to five percent increase, and our of course we're we're doing it differently in terms of of how it is that we enroll this year, but George and I don't want to read too much into this, but our our enrollments are running around one hundred and fifty percent over last year. Now our enrollments, but that's because we're getting that done sooner. I see, and and how that. Uh, uh, how that goes for during the summer and summer melt and so forth. But to be this far ahead for the fall is extremely, extremely encouraging. 
And uh, we think that if we can get the message out that uh, uh, this college can provide uh, quality education in a relatively safe environment, uh, I think that's the message that we're putting out there. We're getting a pretty good response from the public. And, of course, the tuition rates are just very competitive with private colleges. Extremely uh, because, with private colleges. Yeah. And, and, and we're, our, our rates in that regard are a little bit above. Uh, they're obviously above the two-year community colleges mm-hmm. and uh, above the uh, regional four-year institutions, but below OU and OSU. And some of our major competitors, really, for students are – the two comprehensives. Let's talk about uh, some uh, some programs going on this summer, and uh, there's a big one coming up here in, in just a few weeks, and it's one that's uh, been going on for a while now. It's the Ada Lois Scipio Fisher uh, Center for Social Justice, and an interesting program coming up uh, on that next month. It, it is, and uh, uh, Dr. Tanya Anderson is the uh, is the at the center of that. Uh, she's a, a, a historian on on staff at uh, USA, and she's put this together, and it's a, it's a, it's attracted national, even international attention in terms of participation. It'll be a Zoom uh, uh, conference, but it has speakers and participants from all over the country and internationally. And it, it, the question uh, does have to do with the, the question of of uh, race and social justice, and I know that that is a a highly charged political issue right now in the country. Uh, but I'll tell you that the security of the country, it seems to me, going forward is going to be in part uh, dependent on how well we re- resolve these issues of divisiveness uh, uh, that involve us politically and socially and economically. And that's what the center is uh, really preoccupied with. And the center operates on the basis of a major private gift. Uh, uh, and and our fundraising uh, in that regard, not only in this area, but in a number of areas, is going extremely well. But it's based on a major private gift uh, and uh, operating not on the basis of state money right now at all, except uh, Tanya's salary, obviously. She's a member of the the faculty. But the center itself and its operations is is all private. So we'll see how it it, uh, progresses uh, uh, in June and and, uh, uh, what kind of uh, reaction we get. Right, and uh, working uh, in partnership with the Institute for the Healing of Memories, which is a national or international group, I that, believe. That's, that, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And, and she has had contact with uh, uh, individuals involved with this group. and She's had them in this country before for events at, uh, at Science and Arts. And, and they're involved also. And that does facilitate the international uh, ramifications of it. So, again, this is a free Zoom conference, and it's June 9 through 11. That's and, correct. Uh, just yeah. uh, go to usao.edu to get information about uh, registering and signing up, and should be a good conference. Please, please, I, we encourage yes. everybody to do so. Yes, indeed. Uh, most recently, uh, some really exciting news, uh, bringing a new program to Chickasha, but it's not new to Oklahoma necessarily. It's been in Altus for many, many summers, the Oklahoma Arts Institute Coming to Chickasha this it's summer. Coming, coming to Chickasha, George, uh, this summer, and uh, uh, the uh, um, the it's been down there for forty years, mm-hmm. and it's had a uh, essentially a, a contract relationship with that location at uh, Quartz Mountain, and, and 
I, I uh, fool around with people telling them that we have the, out of the college habitat, we're going to build a big lake and a mountain to give some uh, oh, <laughs> some ambiance to the, to the kids when they come here in July. Uh, but this is a big deal. The, the uh, Summer Institute uh, brings... Uh, as uh, I repeat, for 40 years brought to about 120, 130 of the most talented youngsters from Oklahoma high schools in the uh, visual and the performing arts and the literary arts uh, together and uh, match them with world-class uh, scholars, uh, national, inter- uh, national, international scholars, for two weeks of intensive work in their areas. And I have been on the uh, the board of the Oklahoma Arts Institute, which manages this, and uh, for a number of years, and also now on the Oklahoma Arts Institute Foundation Board of Directors. And so I have a close relationship with Julie Cohen, who is executive director of that group. And they looked at other schools uh, as, as likely venues when uh, they got into some situation, questions having to do with the contract. Uh, they they operate under the uh, auspices of the uh, a tourism department under under the Department of Commerce, and uh, uh, it's my understanding that there is some view in, in tourism they can make more money uh, with uh, uh, the uh, Quartz Mountain facility if they weren't there at that particular time. It's a heavy use for, for tourism, and whether that's the case or not, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but that's uh, what precipitated uh, their request for a renegotiation of the contract, which uh, has not been done. So they had to look for another place for it for this summer, and they looked at several locations, several colleges and universities around the state and several other locations, and felt that uh, science and arts was the very best they could find. And so they'll be here, and and we're really it, it really is a huge deal for the state of Oklahoma historically, and and they chose the, this institution uh, for this uh, for this event. What can the committee do to help uh, welcome these kids when they come to town? I, I, the, uh, uh, George is uh, on, as I've told you on any number of occasions in chatting with you about a variety of topics, uh, if we're really going to be successful as a college in, in recruiting kids from across, uh, uh, the, uh, from, uh, across the state and out of state, we can't just recruit them to uh, science and arts. We can't just recruit them to a campus. We've got to recruit them to a community. And, and so the quality of, of the community, the quality of life, its physical appearance, uh, uh, the quality of life in terms of the, uh, uh, the options that it uh, provides uh, for its citizens, recreational, entertainment, uh, uh, retail commercial uh, opportunities is terribly important. And I think we have now, uh, 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 not that we didn't have the interest in this before, but I think we have a, an administration, a mayoral administration. I think we have uh, uh, the EDC. I think we have a chamber, and I think we have other groups that are very interested in this question. They want to be more aggressive I think in so. reaching yeah. that quality I, of life. I think the Fairgrounds is involved in this and, and other organizations. And uh, I am very encouraged by this because it is going to require the entire community to help us uh, uh, make the college look attractive by making the community look attractive in the in this variety of ways. And people are listening to this message now, and I think they're responding accordingly. At least I'm very much encouraged and optimistic about that. 
recently, let's change gears here and uh, reaching out to uh, one of the private schools in Oklahoma City to uh, maybe attract some of their future students to attend uh, the university. We, uh, the uh, uh, Harding Fine Arts Academy has been, uh, it is a part of the Oklahoma City uh, School District, and it has been under the uh, uh, charter schools uh, must have a sponsor, and the, and the sponsor uh, by, by law, and the sponsor is either a school district or it can be um, uh, uh, other entities. Uh, 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 tribes can be sponsors, but uh, no, uh, uh, commonly enough, it's colleges and universities that step into that role. And Harding approached us some time ago and asked whether or not uh, their board did as to whether or not we'd be interested in taking on that responsibility, and, and we were. And we, uh, their, uh, the Harding's board, our board, have both agreed that uh, Science and Arts will step into the role as sponsor. Uh, actually, beginning now, we're already involved in that. And it will, it will provide a pipeline uh, uh, of, of students who are interested in this kind of college from Harding Fine Arts, clearly. You ought to see the list of uh, colleges and universities around the world that Harding sends their students to. So if we get a handful, we'll be happy mm-hmm. in that regard. But it will give uh, also... Uh, our teacher ed program, an opportunity to get uh, its uh, teacher ed students into the classroom for uh, training and, and development as teachers in, in a kind of a context of a school that focuses on the arts and, uh, and uh, provides them with that kind of experience uh, uh, that they can carry with them into the classroom eventually. So it's going to be a very healthy relationship for both organizations. It's been such a, a great um, a story for USAL from its humble beginnings 113 years ago and uh, basically a college for women and now has transformed into the, the science and arts category. And uh, I guess early on uh, in USAO's mission, it was a deaf education uh, program. And now, I guess, there were others across the state, but now I guess the university is the only Deaf education the, the, program uh, in Oklahoma? The uh, uh, Science and Arts is the only, actually it's the only deaf ed, undergraduate <laughs> deaf education program in in the state now. There was a sister program at the uh, University of Tulsa, but they uh, cut that out uh, three or four years ago. And so it's a very, very important program for us. And, and uh, uh, we, we, the... Uh, I, I, w- I would argue that uh, uh, the uh, programs that pay attention to special students, uh, in addition to the general uh, uh, priorities of the mission of the college in attracting students generally, it's very important for us also to pay attention to student diversity uh, to include those with the disability. And uh, the deaf education program is, is one of those. The autism program is another uh, the the Neil Wentz uh, 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 program in neurodiversity, uh, and we're very pleased with both of those, and, and uh, we're we're going to continue to provide major support for that going forward. You mentioned earlier about the Habitat, and uh, recently got a, another big grant to help with the development uh, of that. Uh, facility, which is just west of town. We did. It's a 140 acre uh, that uh, we historic. It was a farm, and it was originally bequeathed to the college in uh, 1909, 
1910, I've forgotten uh, which of those two days. You weren't there at that time. I, I, <laughs> ju- I came on the next year. I, the, uh, the, it was just a year before I, I got here. And uh, the intent was to build the college on that property initially, but... It was so far out, uh, the community did not want to build uh, At that in- time, sure, yeah, yeah. And roads and so <laughs> forth. So uh, they went for the 22 acres that the college is located on now, and that was the uh, – uh, that was the, uh, uh, the uh, excuse me, the Sparks family mm-hmm. bequeathed, uh, bequeathed to that. Uh, that. Uh, but the, uh, the farm, uh, we, we used it as a, it was a farm, and we uh, we rented it out on an annual basis, and we do have an oil well out there. Which there, were, I guess it was about 20 years ago. There was some talk on the board of selling it, uh, selling the minerals. We were approached, and it was a very big sum, uh, two or three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. And this was in the early 90s. And since that time, the oil the thing has given us $1.8 million. Oh, my. So wow. I'm glad yeah. we didn't sell it. <laughs> and and uh, we don't sell any properties now. And, mm-hmm. we, and we've acquired uh, other properties to the north of uh, Chickasha, including a 600-acre uh, plot uh, south of the of Pocasset uh, that has a lot of oil on it as well. So we're, we're, and we are very careful with the minerals. But we had rented it out, the surface rights, but then uh, uh, my science faculty several years ago said, let's turn it into a habitat for study purposes. And then we, uh, one of my uh, uh, regents, one of the college's regents, uh, regents is he and his wife, uh, David and Jean McLaughlin, uh, donated uh, a, a large sum of money for the building of a a, a laboratory, extended stay, classrooms, uh, facility out there, and and it's going up right now, and uh, and uh, so uh, then the Kirkpatrick Foundation came in with a very hefty uh, uh, donation to us and uh, to. Uh, staff it with all of the equipment and the furniture and so forth that we need. So it's it's underway. Lab equipment and things. And whereabouts is this? Uh, and say it where again. where is this? West of town? Yeah, west of, it it it's um you've got to go out Idaho. You okay. you know where the big uh, uh you know where the big uh, uh, water tower yeah. is out there. That water tower is on the habitat property oh, okay. on the very north side on the Idaho road. And uh, you can tell that's where it is, but there's about 144 acres otherwise. Were you concerned about the bypass, the Highway 81 bypass? We are concerned about the bypass, and and it was originally slated to go directly through the habitat. And on the basis of our discussions with the the, uh, the highway people, uh, they uh, agreed to move it to the property line. So it's going to go through there, but it will it will dissect uh, uh, our the habitat uh, to the uh, I guess it would be to the south mm-hmm. and uh, from the other uh, properties on the north uh, to minimize. It's going to have an impact, but I think it's going to be minimal at this point. Looking forward to could uh, see that uh, continue to develop uh, for sure. I, so. y- indeed, yes. Um, wanted to talk, uh, turn our attention now to uh, your athletic programs, and it's spring is uh, about over, but we've got a, a couple of the spring sports programs that are have been doing exceptionally well for the last several years, and uh, here in 2021, they're 
they're again uh, tops among the tops in the nation for baseball uh, and softball. The, uh, George, you know the folks out in uh, in uh, California in the West Coast uh, that uh, live near uh, uh, Stanford University uh, uh, sure do like the uh, the academic. Uh, uh, qualities of that uh, college, but boy, they sure crow a lot about the athletic programs that come out yes. of Stanford as yes. well. And uh, uh, there is within the academy kind of an historic tension between academics on the one hand and athletics on the other. Uh, you probably don't see it so much in a school like Stanford as you do in others. And you, you see it in other schools in Oklahoma, perhaps, in ways that you don't hear. There's a very good uh, communicative uh, uh, dialogue uh, conversation going on between athletics and, and uh, academics. And uh, when uh, we recruit kids that want to come uh, and, and get a great college education here, but they also want to play a sport, and that's uh, kind of the emphasis that we uh, that we uh, focus on. We focus on citizenship, involvement uh, uh, with the uh, campus commons, campus politics, and and also uh, uh, we focus on academic achievement on the cl- in the classroom. And if you look, and it's not surprising in some ways, but if you look at our uh, our athletic programs, our athletes uh, retained at higher levels and they graduated higher levels than than the student body generally. Now they. Every athletic team has to go to a study hall, like it or not, mm-hmm. and uh, there there is a constant oversight where messages of, of academic malfeasance get back from the from the teachers to the from the instructors to the to, to the coaches, and they get that corrected uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but it's produced a situation where we we can continue to emphasize the academics. And yet it's getting to USAO these youngsters in so many areas that are really quite talented in, in, in sports. Our uh, men's and women's basketball team have been very successful. Uh, we've got uh, a qualifier uh, uh, in uh, track and field that's going to the Nationals. Which is uh, fairly new uh, for the uh, university. Fairly new, yes. and, 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 he, and he has a four. I think he holds a national uh, record in the 400 meters. And then we've got uh, the more recent examples of, of this in, in baseball and softball, where uh, both of them won the uh, regular Sooner Athletic Conference season and the postseason tournaments, and they're both on the way. To yeah, well, the softball team the, finished runner-up in the regular season, but they beat. Well, excuse me, they, they beat, beat the, Oklahoma City University right, for the conference for the tournament. Conference title, yes, excuse yeah. me, and they're both on the way to the nationals yes. now. I guess the uh, softball team is ranked third, and baseball ranked. Yeah, the and 11th. for the for the first time, the softball team gets to host an opening round for the national tournament, which is amazing. And they're going to bring four teams in from around mm-hmm. the country. And and uh, uh, and uh, it's going to be great for the college and great for the community and and overnight stays in in the mm-hmm. in the uh, uh, hotels and motels. Yeah, that's coming up uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, of course, yeah. uh, the soccer teams have had some great success uh, over the years with Coach Hampton. Great success and, over mm-hmm. the years, and we look forward to continuing that success and. And of course, we got. Uh, we don't have a tennis program, but we have new tennis courts. Yes, yes, out there. that's exciting. Private uh, money, yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the that same money that did the tennis courts, 
are, are coming back and they're going to do parking for us and, and additional uh, commitment and kind of a picnic area, tables and chairs uh, uh, next to the, uh, to the tennis area to kind of round that out. So uh, there is that, uh, uh, that also. Right. And, of course, uh, the, the field houses for the baseball and softball programs that are fairly new, uh, the workout facilities and the coaches' offices and things and private looks, money looks all really pri- good. Private money again, mm-hmm. and we couldn't do it with state money. We don't have the state money to begin with. Right. Even if we had it, uh, we'd uh, we'd uh, go with the private money in this regard. But uh, George, it does reflect uh, the fact that there are a lot of folks who are pretty well healed in the state and out of state who believe that the college is moving in the right direction and they want to invest in that direction, and and so. Uh, our fundraising and, and uh, major gifts and, and annual fundraising has is, is reached a, a level that, is, that exceeds what you'll find really with many private colleges. It's just, and it's, it's rare for a state institution. Uh, state institutions outside of OU and OSU have not uh, been involved in the fundraising business uh, much, and, and we created an office of development several years ago and have done nothing but grow that uh, since then. And they've, uh, we're up to uh, now, I think we started, uh, when I became president, the foundation may have had a couple of million dollars of earning assets in it. And, and now if you combine the foundation, the Alumni Association, and some other uh, states that we have that are managed by other entities, our, our uh, total earning assets is approaching, oh, 37 million, something like that. And that's a tremendous boon to a college like this. All right. Final question. What keeps you motivated as the leader of this university after being affiliated with us for almost 40 years now? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's right. I came here in 1980. I moved into the administrative side in the late 1980s. And uh, I did not expect to, to stay here quite this long, and I have. And uh, now I'm referred to as the dean of college presidents, which means that you're an old geezer. <laughs> and uh, I, I accept uh, all of the, uh, the snide remarks and, and uh, whatever accolades I can get for that uh, service. I, the, my, my board and I have talked about uh, uh, my longevity, and they obviously have to be very concerned about that. And uh, I'm 78, uh, turned 78 in in March. And I think that uh, another year or two, maybe two years, uh, because I'd like to see some of these projects that we're involved in uh, come to fruition. I've got a couple of buildings. uh, uh, We're going to we're going to be focusing on bringing Willard Hall, uh, which is the big uh, a building, uh, uh, old residential building on the south side on, along Grand, back online, uh, as partly residential, but to, as kind of a one-stop shop for students uh, coming into the to the university. And then I'd like to get the field house uh, redone. And uh, we've got a rather large McCaslin Foundation uh, gift uh, as a start in that regard. And we were going to finish the dance floor in that building for the Oklahoma Arts Institute, but our construction people told us, uh, Willowbrook told us, that we better not, we just couldn't pull that one off uh, uh, in time and or uh, it probably shouldn't be done separately to doing other things to the, uh, to the building. Uh, so 
and then I've got Adams Hall on the north side of the campus, that large three-story building that stands empty. I, I, and I've got some plans related to the, to the fine, and, uh, fine arts uh, that might uh, do well in that building, and, and, and we're looking for money to, to restore that as well. So once, once those things are done, and I think we can do it in the next couple of years, uh, then my board just said they'd like to have a year's notice, and, and uh, I'll give it to them. Well, good luck to you, Dr. Okay. Fever. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time and uh, uh, continued success uh, with the science and arts. Uh, thanks, George. It was great, great to see you.